So there's been a lot of talk lately about rising interest rates, both on the front end and the long end of the curve. If you're not familiar with the curve, it's talking about short-term interest rates versus long-term interest rates. And for commercial real estate, that's on the short end, you're typically talking about SOFR. Previously, we'd be talking about LIBOR, but there's this transitioning happening to SOFR as the new de facto short-term index. And then on the long end, we have the 10-year U.S. Treasury bond yield. And those make up your short end of the curve and long end of the curve, or short rates versus long rates. And they don't necessarily have to move together. And when we have a big difference between the two rates, we have a steep yield curve. And when we have a small difference between the two rates, we have a flat yield curve. And so when COVID hit, short rates were collapsed by the Fed. Fed has a strong control over short-term rates. And they took interest rates to zero. And, and the 10-year well, it went, went down as well as there was a flight to safety assets. So people bought treasury bond yields. Uh, the curve actually was, very, was pretty steep. And that's, that indicates a healthy capital markets and healthy economy. However, what we've seen now is there's this new kind of regime change where the Fed has woken up the market and said, hey, interest rates aren't going to stay low forever. And the 10-year Treasury yield or the long, long end of the curve is kind of still asleep to that message. They're like, ah, eh, no big deal. So the 10-year has moved, but hasn't moved nearly as significantly as the short end or um, you know, forward projections for SOFR or the two-year Treasury bond yield, right? So the two-year Treasury bond yield is essentially a reflection of where the market thinks that SOFR is going to be over the next two years. And so the two-year Treasury yield shot up tremendously, uh, one of the biggest moves in, in history. And now the curve is actually pretty flat. And what's, what's scary or dangerous is an inverted yield curve is an excellent predictor of recessions. And what an inverted yield curve is, is actually when the short end of the curve is higher than the long end of the curve. I don't think that's really what we have at risk here, but it's, uh, it's something to definitely watch out for. I mean, top economists are just watching that all the time. But as far as how rising interest rates are affecting us and our business right now, not just about how we're thinking about the future, is in two ways. One, we actually model for, sh for floating rate debt in our underwriting, we model the forward projections for the future path of interest rates. So while rates have, if we're, if, we're, if we're using floating rate debt, while the interest rates haven't necessarily affected our cash flow today, they're affecting our projected cash flows over the next two, three years and beyond. And that's obviously making our cash flows in those years look worse in our underwriting. And there's really not much we can do about it. The thing we can, we, we can do about it is we can buy an interest rate cap. And an interest rate cap is a, a, a hedging product that you actually purchase from a third-party provider. So you don't get it from your lender, right? Your lender's providing you a floating rate loan, and then you're taking that notional risk from the, from the loan, and you're going to another counterparty, and you're trading a cap where they're essentially agreeing to pay for any interest above and beyond a certain threshold on your loan. And caps are an efficient market, so they're not free. All right, and of course the cap's price is based on market expectations and obviously the size of the cap, the duration of the cap, and the strike. You can buy a cap strike wherever you like. You can make the strike very tight, which means that you would buy a ceiling on your floating rate exposure very close to where floating rates are today. So floating rates today are basically 0%, right? So far is five basis points, which is 0.05%. And you could buy a cap at 
25 basis points, but that would be horrendously expensive. It would be a tremendously expensive cap. Uh, I, I'm sure there's very, very few people that are doing that. Even a 1% cap is very expensive. And it, that's changed just in the last few months. In the last three months, cap prices have tripled. And it's just unbelievable. So we're experiencing that today, right? That's, a, that's something that we're actually experiencing today, not just future projections, because as we're closing deals, we're purchasing interest rate caps uh, that protect our interest rate risk exposure on the deal and that the price of that cap is changing every single day. The other interesting thing to note about interest rate caps is the cost factor of the duration of the cap. So traditionally most people buy three-year caps. That's typically the minimum term requirement for an agency loan, like a Freddie Mac floating rate loan. And also bridge loans that are traditionally three plus one plus one term products, which means the initial term is three years, and then there's two one-year extension options, lenders will require the borrower to buy a coterminous cap with the initial three-year term. So three-year caps are the most prevalent caps. However, because there's so much uncertainty as far as where the interest rates are in the future, you know, right now, personally, in my opinion, I think the market is overreacting to where the future interest rates are going. I think that rates are going to classically lower for longer. The Fed always struggles to hit their goal. And also, it's to the Fed's benefit to talk up rates. I don't want to get too down this rabbit hole, but the Fed talks up rates and says, we're going to raise rates, we're going to raise rates. And what happens? The market adjusts. So without the Fed actually doing any monetary policy, they're already making changes in the, in the capital markets. Uh, and that's the power of Fed speak and, and their forward guidance. So it is to their benefit to kind of overstate their uh, intentions as far as raising rates. But basically, that's, that's a whole other discussion. But the idea is, right, going back to the cost of caps and the duration, for a three-year cap, uh, that third year of, that, of the cap is so uncertain that the pricing is super out of whack. It's actually double the price nearly to go from a two-year cap to a three-year cap, believe it or not. So half of your price is coming from a third of your term in your, um, in your rate cap. And I think that settled down a bit because there w it was just maybe six months ago where there was even more uncertainty, right? It was pretty much a, a, six months ago, people thought it was just a sure thing that, the, I mean, the Fed was saying, we are not going to raise rates for two years, right? So rate caps were basically free for two years. And then the third year, nobody knew. So the cap price was insane for the three years, right? So it was that for that last year of the cap, it was two thirds of the cost, crazy. So what we've been doing is we've been making sure that whatever lender we're working with, they're comfortable with us buying just a two-year cap because that's what makes the most sense economically because to incur double the cap cost for that third year, it just doesn't make sense. So that's some, you know, just some of the ways that we're handling uh, kind of the rising interest rate environment that we seem to be in as well as the future projections of rates. Hopefully that was helpful.